are back. We are back. Welcome to Match Point number nine, a tennis bets podcast. I am one of three hosts here, David E.J. Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9Tennis. And if this is your first time listening, chances are that's how you found us. Welcome. Hello. With me, as always, is uh, my number one tennis talking bro, Derek. Derek, hello. What's up, everyone? We are definitely back. We got this 1,000 on our hands. Let's do it. And joining us once again, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Mr. John Reed. You can find him at JR Tweets Tennis, his own brand at Tidbits Tennis, Action Network, Hammer HQ, betting expert. This guy is anywhere you can bet on tennis. Welcome, John. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Ready to go. You know, I'm on my like seventh coffee, like not even exaggerating, seventh coffee of the day. <laughs> so I've got the energy. Like if I'm even more off the wall than usual and you have to rein me in, don't be afraid to do so. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little wired right now, but it's all good. I'm just going to let it flow. Lucky number seven. <laughs> I love it. All right, boys. Well, I mean, the season is winding down here. I mean, we have this. I, I kind of think maybe we take uh, the week off with next gen. I- I'm kind of cool with laying low on that one. <laughs> um, formats for next gens, not something I really want to handicap. But then we only have the finals. So the show has been rocking and rolling. And I, I you know, I appreciate uh, you guys being here every week talking about it. It's been a fun indoor hardcore season. And uh, let's get with this this last hurrah here with all these guys. Quick recap, though, from last week. We always have to atone for our sins. It's a gambling show. It's gambling content. We want to be straightforward. We actually nailed the champions. If you rode FAA with this last week, you got a nice win as a dog, a plus 110 dog against Alcaraz. Chapo, I think, though, was the biggest miss of the week. I mean... This guy is always the biggest miss of the week. <laughs> That's his thing. This time he, he's the miss because he makes the finals. And um, and yeah, none of us had that. <laughs> well, he's a miss. He's a miss until I bet against him today. And now he's going to probably come back from a set down here against Pablo Carrillo Busta. <laughs> yes, we are recording a timestamp us a little bit to help us out because, yeah. you know, we're not going to have all the information we're recording right now with the Busta and Chapo match going on and the Tommy Paul the doll match just getting underway so we're we're just some live action going on anyone have anything on those matches yeah, yeah Pablo you got Pablo I got Tommy Paul plus three call me crazy but Nadal sucks indoor hard Tommy looks all right and I'm also just a Tommy Paul stand in case you haven't listened to previous episodes so there's some fandom built into that bet I'm also <laughs> watching I don't have anything on it but I'm watching our guy Dom Stricker down at the challenger level up a set and break as we record so I don't have anything on it but I've got that on in the background as well big Dom first team all Haas yes I love it He's, <laughs> I love a Dom Stricker mentioned on the show quickly last week we also missed George over Hubie Hubie goes down today we'll talk about that my hot render niche call did not come through that was kind of it. We, I mean, guys, I, I feel like it pays to listen. You know, we have our missteps, but man, we have a lot of right steps as well. All right, guys, the ATP Paris 1000 event, a longstanding event here. The courts are so slow, I feel myself aging between volleys. Leheshka and Giron literally broke each other for almost an entire set in qualifying. We are seeing some tie breaks, though. So, I, you know, there's a little speed there at times. There, are, There's some speed there at times. But uh, these courts feel pretty neutered uh, to ensure long competitive matches. We're seeing three-hour matches, which I don't think we have for a while in this indoor court run schedule is loaded because it's a thousand event but i think you know these matches being long is why they're going past midnight local time uh with play so i think a note for next year right off the top we can kind of get into this is uh to look for fat games lines i mean you know five 
five and a half. You know, Simone wins outright as a five and a half dog. You know, some other factors probably going into that one, but a lot of these four and a half dogs are covering as well. Pretty live. Uh, Remember that for next year, maybe the rest of this week as well. Some past winners here. Novak won last year. Medvedev, Novak, uh, Hatchinoff won in 2018. Jack Sock somehow won this in 2017 back when he was good. Andy Murray, Novak about three times in a row. So uh, he's in the field again. And I mean, spoiler, who I have winning this, but (laughs) (laughs) But we'll we'll, we'll get there. Big headline so far. Down goes Hubie, who is fighting for Turin. He loses in straights to Holger Runa. Line opened up at minus 125, got up to minus 170, closed around minus 165. That's never good on Bovada when that happens. We had an interesting discussion uh, in our chat that I'd like to to bring into this now about, you know, I said it was a red flag when it got steamed up. And John, you had a a point of view on it as well. So I've been talking for a while. Let you kind of lay out your point of view on the line movement with the Hubie match. Oh, yeah. Well, for me, it's like, it's not a, a red... I don't get concerned by that just because, like, it has no bearing on the outcome of the match. So it's not like I think... Runa was more likely to win because the market, the betting markets liked Hubie. I just think what happened there was the betting market said, this is not a 53-47 proposition. This is closer to a 60-40, and that's where it ended up. Uh, or I think 65-35 it might end up. I can't remember how far it drifted. It did move a ton. It might have gone too far. Uh, but that was just like the market correcting itself. I got a minus 125. Like I'll make that bet tomorrow. I'll make it the next day and the day after again and again and again. So I just, I, I'm not a huge line movement person, unless I'm getting a way worse line, then I'm kind of worried about, not worried about the result, but I'm just like, do I really, if it's moved this much, how much value is left? That's where like my worry would be more so than the actual outcome. Cause I, like we, we all know that maybe at the ITF level, betting markets might have a literal outcome in the match. Cause you might have like, you know, those Croatian syndicates or those different kind of <laughs> mafia syndicates. Well, now there is concern, but at the top level like this, Line movement doesn't concern me when it like in relation to the actual outcome of the of the match, which means my bet is not like I don't worry about my bet because it's being played out on the court more so than than in the betting markets. Yeah, what kicked us off was uh, me saying uh, and actually using a little gif uh, with the red flag when I saw the the heavy line movement on that. I, I typically I like to to read the market a bit to, to help me. I I don't bet a lot at open. I want to see how how the movement goes. John, you have a little bit more tennis IQ. I'll be you know totally <laughs> transparent um so i let the market to, to help me kind of pick pick some of these plays uh, i did get it on this match uh, at pick because obviously runa played late last night he's played a lot qb seemingly top player <laughs> so it, it essentially picked price i mean yeah that, that 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 was a good price to get in at open but then when it it, it closed around minus 170 i'm like oh boy this is the wrong side <laughs> and yeah, yeah and it, exactly and it, and uh and so yeah then it turned it, it turned out to be that way now i you know well that's why i wanted to clarify with you too was like yeah. when you see that it's like my worry would be i don't want to bet it now because the value's gone not i'm worried about my bet winning because there are people out there who will see that and be like oh my bet's gonna lose now because everyone else bet it it's like the other people betting it has no relation to how match is gonna play out I, so i just wanted to like but I, I i do agree that if you see it move that much you're like okay red flag do I want to get in the market here? It's already been bet down so much. The value's probably gone from that number, right? And yeah. it might have gone too far the other way. Like you might be value on the other side now. So like steam chasers could have ruined it. Yeah. And I would also argue, you know, tennis relatively compared to other sports has very little closing line value to me. Uh, I think it's pretty, pretty minimal because it is mainly a money line bet sport. And we do see such big movement on those numbers. Uh, Derek, yeah, I don't know. Less liquidity, any... right? Yes. 
Derek, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, like sometimes like you look at the odds and after you do your analysis, you know, and you already have an idea of what's going to happen in the match. And then you look at the odds and then maybe those don't agree with how you analyze the match. And then if you're not confident in how you analyze the match to begin with, then those odds that don't reflect your analysis might influence you to bet the other way. And then at that point, what do you do? I mean, that's what the question is, right? So probably just stick with your analysis. I mean, if you went through that, you got your gut feeling, you you know the players, stick with what you know. Don't stick with what other people are influencing you on. Uh, absolutely. All right, well, let's keep it moving here. Let's talk about Medvedev going down to uh, ADM. Alex Dimonor, the Australian, the poor 2022 of Med seemed like it was turning around a bit last week. He takes the title, but uh, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Once again here for Medvedev, the ADM was a plus five dog in this match. Uh, that was a, a a big reason why I mentioned before about looking for those fat lines next year. And even, you know, I think we won't get it as much uh, the rest of the week because the competition will be a bit stiffer. But I, I think that, uh, you know, you could look out for it for the rest of the week as well. ADM, he had a couple bad losses to Runa, uh, but maybe not so bad because uh, Runa picked up his fifth top 10 win of the year uh, when he took down Hubie. So uh, Runa seems to be trending up. Uh, to say the least. John, do you have any tilt-worthy thoughts here on Medvedev? I know you were on that match. Yeah, I mean, that kind of when now that I zoom out and I went for a few walks and got some exercise and now I can look back on the match, it's kind of a deserved win for ADM in a way. I mean, when you look at it pre-match, it kind of played out the second set onwards. It played out how I was hoping it would, right? Medvedev had a break point in, I think, every single game of the second set. He broke the first game on return of the third set. He was all over his serve. He did not win or did not even generate a break point in that first set. ADM's level really didn't fluctuate all that much, but he won 88% of his first serve points. Medvedev just didn't check in or whatever the reason. But in the end, it was Medvedev's level fluctuating. And when he was not his best, ADM won. And when he was his best, he was dominating. The steadier player got rewarded. And he probably deserved to because Medvedev, when he was not good, was really, really bad. Not, okay, sorry, not really, really bad. But for for Medvedev, he was really like underwhelming uh, from what you'd expect from him. And so, yeah, if you look back on that match, I, I do think that it probably played out the way it deserved or like ADM won the match. He probably deserved to win. Tommy Paul up a break here. What do you guys think about Nadal uh, set one money line live right now? Let's see what that's sitting at. here just fist pumping in the background. <laughs> Nadal's only plus one forty to win set one. If it was a little higher, I might take a bite. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Nadal's first match back. I think you know there was some value on that three. Although normally the books really disrespect Mister Paul, but uh, they give him a, a fair amount here with the the three, not even a three and a half. All right. Well, uh, Fritz lost for us today. Simone's magical run and his last stand is continuing. He was five and a half game favorite loses outright <laughs> i have a note here you know alex gershkin from crack rackets uh, he had a tweet yesterday calling tommy paul the most cons consistent american uh, post wimbledon i think uh, tiafo probably is but the point is the top american certainly is not uh fritz man you know i play a lot of uh <laughs> yeah fantasy football there's a format called best ball and some players you know basically your lineup optimizes every week uh Fritz is a, I would call him a better and best ball type of player because he has that high top end, but you don't know when it's going to come because he goes out early so often. I'd also crazy. say Tiafo has a, a claim to that consistent moniker. I mean, Cincinnati, Montreal were tough. 
Admittedly, they were both three set losses in the second round, but semis in Atlanta, post Wimbledon, quarters in Washington, you know, semifinals at that, you know, some little event named the US Open, final in Tokyo, Labor Cup one and one doesn't count. It's not on tour. I don't want to hear anything with the Labor Cup inconsistency. <laughs> you know, three set loss to Hercotch in Vienna, which he really should have won because he was up. 5-1 in that first set tiebreak and won the second set. And now he's into the third round and knock on wood, hopefully into the quarterfinals. So uh, I think he's got he's got a little case to be made there for both best and most consistent. Uh, I agree with you 100%. I, yeah, I, and I'm yeah. not even American. I'm, I'm sitting here like I got Felix. So he beats all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Fritz, obviously not going to be in Turin. His year is over. So... We'll look to back him next year. All right. Well, let's bust into some draw talk, guys. I mean, normally, I mean, you know, with the way the season has gone, there's usually like three sites we got to slog through, two sites we got to slog through, and now we got a nice, nice one site week. That said, um, it is a thousand, so there's a few more matches, and we're recording a day earlier than usual. So I feel like this tournament has been going on forever, though. It's only Wednesday. Uh, maybe it's just because, like I said, the, the matches, they go so long. I feel like I've watched a lot of this site. Well, let's kick it off with some lines we have on the board right now. Lorenzo Musetti is a plus 120 dog to Casper Ruud, who is a minus 145 money line favorite. Musetti has been a bet on player for a while now, I would say, at least the last six weeks, uh, certainly during this um, post USO part of the calendar. Ruud has not been, he's been a, a full fade. He's I don't know. Last match was his first win in a while, but I kind of like the value here on Rude, who has played himself. I don't think this is a, a trap of any sort. I think Rude has deservedly played himself into a, a short favorite here, and, and Musetti has played his way into a, a short dog against you know a two-time slam finalist in this matchup. But I do think Musetti has played a lot more tennis than Rude. These matches are long and grueling. I, I look for the class and a little fresher legs to... to to win out here with Rude, and I kind of like the the favorite. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely stick with Rude here. I mean, like you're saying, like Musetti's been a reliable bet over the past six weeks or so. Uh, but Casper, dude, I mean, the slower surface, and he's improved his hardcore game. I can't really look past Rude at this point. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's lined about right. I think you nailed it when you said he's played his way into like he's obviously going to be the favorite here considering his season. But like you said, he the last few weeks and even that last match, dominant first set, but that second set went right back to being thoroughly unimpressive against uh, Tricky Dick Gasquet. So, yeah, I, I, exactly. I mean, he played himself into a short favorite. That's where it's lined. I wanted Muzetti in that plus one forty range. It was never going to happen. I knew that was a pipe dream. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, maybe some people hammer rude and then i can uh get in on uh on musetti but i think this is is lined pretty well i, I wouldn't get involved here i think that uh, musetti is going to be a trendy dog actually i think we might see some comeback here on rude but i could be tennis hipstering out too much on that one and the, you know johnny q public's like oh casper rude uso finalists oh that's a pretty good price and he could get hammered as well so what do you think about an overlook in this two two guys it's a, a neutral 22 and a half, although that didn't really matter last week when we were talking about that, the, the, the fact that they were relatively flat games totals. Any thoughts on these guys hitting a third set? Yeah. The annoying part here is the over 22 and a half in that kind of juiced region. And then your over two and a half sets is plus 137 at Pinnacle. It's the best price we're probably going to find because they have such lower margins. A lot of the times this goes over because these are two non like tie break heavy server guys. You're going to, to get over 22 and a half, you often need 
three sets, but uh, that's what that's why you know if it's plus one fifty, plus one sixty, I'll find value there. But when it's plus one thirty or plus one forty, I think again, I think those are priced pretty well too. I think you know this mark this match is pretty uh pretty spot on in terms of where the odds are right now for sure i will say if you if you like the rude side uh you know obviously there's safety in the minus 145 uh, money line because uh, uh you know any way he wins this is uh you'll take it but i will say you know if rude's gonna win this it, odds are it's because he'll win the first set so uh, you know if you're gonna play rude i i don't hate minus two as as the games because if he wins the first set he's probably gonna win second uh next we have novak djokovic karen hatchinoff Oof, nine dollar favorite Novak Djokovic. Holy crap! <laughs> Can you even like dispute it after the way Hutch- Hatchinoff played against freaking Huesler though? Like, bro, that was a bad win. Bad. Although Huesler's been in form, and you know, as I I feel like you know, as I, I said uh, in our chat, I, I feel like he's a, a, he's kind of a grinder right now. But yeah, <laughs> I mean the the form that Hatchinoff had in the USO. Uh, does not seem to be with him. And by the way, uh, Hatchinoff has terrible head-to-heads against the big three. Uh, at least Novak and Nadal. He's seven to one against Novak. He got it out a win here, actually, though, in 2018 on that run, won a straight set. So you know, what do we think about this? You know, this disrespect, disrespectful five games line. How much does it even cost to get up to the? It's even at five. What's five and a half? Oh, it'll be like minus one forty, minus. That's a really expensive half game. Yeah, it's minus one forty-five. Yeah, yeah, that'll always be. I'll I'll say it in American terms, and I'll say it's forty cents, even though to me it's thirty, you know, nine or whatever. But forty I mean, cents, forty-five cents. Yeah, it's always even in the women's game where breaks are easier to get and lopsided sets happen more. That's one hell of an expensive half game because it gets more and more expensive as you get up to buy them, right? For sure. All right. Well, what do we think about the five? Because you know, I don't think anybody's been really covering these fat numbers, and they keep posting them. Novak had to go to tiebreak with Cressy, the big server. Well, Hatchinoff a, seemingly so. has a a serve. <laughs> um, has a serve. <laughs> now the five, it looks like it's going to come crashing down to. Oh no, it's plus. Dang, you're juiced at five to eat five games with Novak. You're paying minus one thirty on Bovada. Jeez, yeah, these guys really nice. do not think Karen has any sort of chance in this match. <laughs> um well it's also like it's also just that like you want to protect yourself from any liability on people just hammering the favorite he's won you know he went to astana and he won that with his basically with his hands tied behind his back outside of the medvedev match uh you know five game win in the final five game win against hachinov in the quarters right they just played in slower conditions um and that was a five game spread and it was about the same thing right it was that closed market average, a dollar twelve, I'm seeing on Novak, about six dollars twenty on Hatchinov. That's where it's about now, and Hatchinov is a little more, uh, a little more value on that that dog side on the money line. So it's almost a kind of a, a carbon copy of the the Astana line, right? Just a tiny bit more juice towards Novak since he beat him by five in that one. Like, do you ever feel confident taking minus five? No. Yeah, I'm like terrified oh. to even push, hit send button. Yeah, no. It's- uh, except with Sviantec against Kasatkina, because that is a matchup she always covers five in. Yeah. And they keep putting things below six. And it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I wrote that up yesterday. I was like, I never like five and a half, but this is one where I'll just absolutely hammer it. Like she is, <laughs> she's beat her by nine, nine and seven this year. Like, come on. Like, seriously. Yeah. Uh, since we've been talking, Nadal broke back and uh, is now minus 225 doing the first set. <laughs> 
you know, sometimes laying the the you know you, you might not get as big a juice as you, you want or the you know the the plus money on the the situation, but man, just take what you can get. Fuck shit. Let's see what Paul's gonna do. Come on, Paul. He's not gonna win this first set. Fuck. Uh, all right. Well, um, <laughs> I think those are the only two lines that we have. Actually, I think we gotta go. I've got I've got a few that I can rattle off here and get your thoughts on okay cool sounds good so Musetti rude uh alcaraz dimitrov has come out i haven't touched yeah. this i think it's about right penny has this one uh, plus 240 plus 240 or sorry plus 230 i've seen some plus 240s plus 245s out there on dimitrov i'm not buying into the i bought into it today i know that this is what they do alcaraz nadal's they build up like oh i almost withdrew and consultation yeah. on my knee Get the hell out of here. He played a physical grinding Nishioka and he beat him off the court. Shut up. Never believe these guys. So I'm not going anywhere near backing Grigor Dimitrov against Carlos Alcaraz, but it's up there. Then there's, here's a fun one that I think is warrants a little bit of discussion. Demon Hour minus 140-ish uh, and plus 120-ish across the market to Tiafo. And I have Tiafo there. Wait, Demon Hour is the yeah, favorite? Yeah, I see some value there too. Uh-huh. Demon Hour, sorry. Yeah, minus 140. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what is? Are you with Damon yeah, or are I, you with Tiafo there? No, I have Tiafo winning. I have okay. Tiafo beating nice. ADM and then beating uh, Felix. Same. Mm. Same. I, I feel like you know, I, as as hot as Felix has been, fatigue has to set in at some point, and I think Foe obviously is you know not had the the runs the last few weeks that uh, Felix has had, and I think he's got the the talent and the skill here. Uh, on these courts to to upend him but i mean and i think it'll be a good price actually if we can get that i think felix would be a very pretty good big price. favorite so come on foe let's get this win against adm and then let's let's ride you uh, as a dog here you know i keep every week i'm like he's he's trying to win a title <laughs> and again i mean he can be adm he can be faa and dude he won a title Alcaraz. he won a title at labor cup man fair enough <laughs> That was I was not expecting that. That was good. Um, yeah, I, I I I think he's got a great shot. I mean, he's shown he can beat or compete with the best of the best big serving hard quarters. He should have beaten her catch. I will not get off of that kind of track. Like I am still upset about that one. Like he was so good there. I mean, it's the same kind of guy. But Felix is, you know, to be fair, a lot more athletic than Hubie. But it's 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 the same kind of concept, except now Felix has, you know, you got the slow courts. Felix commits more errors than Tiafo does in a neutral rally, typically. And he's got even more tennis in his legs. Plus, he played Michael Emer today in a super long one. He goes again tomorrow against Simone, and they play the next day. I think Foe's got a really good shot there. What do you think about Runa versus Rublev? Runa, once again, a dog coming out ah, of Ah, and here's the fun part. He, he has been bet up 10 cents on the dollar from plus 135 to plus 145 already. It just came out an hour ago on the dot at 3.53 p.m. Eastern. It's now 4.54, I guess. But yeah, it came out an hour ago and he's already been bet up 10 cents to plus 145. Uh, he got off court earlier and quicker today than he did yesterday. These courts are not great for Rublev. I would actually say some of the stone worst for him. I mean, if, neutral, if it neutralizes his power, I mean, that's all this guy kind of has. When he, I think he had a good run in Rotterdam. I think the medium slow, like the slow slow can be tough for him. But the medium slow, he can still kind of hit through and it gives him like, He's so hit or miss that if you can rush him, he doesn't know. He's like Chapo, right? If you can rush him from the baseline, he doesn't know how to be like, okay, slow up. Just get the ball back in. He just is like, no, I'm going to rip. 
no, 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 Andre, you can't, you can't just rip a ball from that spot. It's like, you're going to hit an air 90% of the time. Don't care. I'm doing it. Like, that's what they do. So like a sword courts allow him with his athleticism to get set up a little bit. So it's, I like, I think it's, it's not the worst of the worst, but it's, yeah, it's not ideal. And I think Runa has shown that his serve has been pretty freaking dominant since the beginning of last week. He was broken twice, both by Felix in that final. That's it. And okay, sorry, yesterday Stan got him, I think, a few times too. But, you know, he I don't think he'll be broken today. I don't think. So, I, but I think the value on the play has to be Runa at, at, at a plus price. Yeah. I mean, the guy is, uh, I'm standing those flames until they're, they're kaput. Yeah. What do you think about I mean, Al- if the, go ahead. If the, if the angle today was he was, they're on court till after midnight in a long battle with Stan and, you know, you're fading him. Now it's like, okay, you can't use that angle because he's off court really quick. Hercotch was almost tanking. He was serving super quickly. Like he was like, let's get out of here. And I think that helped Runa. He wasn't on court long and he was, he played much earlier in the day. So I just, I don't know how you can use that as a fade example. He looked fine physically. His serve was still there. His legs were, were there to propel that serve with the power. I just don't know how you can use that angle anymore. I think, you know, I tried it today to work, and now I think I, I don't want to be stubborn with it. I absolutely think uh, you're right. The value is there with the Dane. Yeah, I mean, that kid's 19 years old. I mean, how tired do you possibly get at 19 years old? Like, very, very little. And plus, it's like 6-1 in that second set against her cats. Dude, going back to her cats, I'm freaking so glad I can't bet on that guy for the rest of the year. Yeah. But still, like, yeah, I got to go with and ruin there aruna sorry mr runa as nadal now is closing out the first set uh, i mean i should have just bet it for the bit equity for the show for the I mean, next time next time fuck anyway i, I think we all think alcaraz is gonna get through so alcaraz versus runa or rublev i, I mean i john i'm fully into the narrative i'm driving down narrative street and, I, and i'm buying your narrative of this guy throwing up a, a fake flare of injury and he's going to steam his way into the finals. I think these are great courts for this kid. It's it's kind of what he's succeeded on all year. I don't think anyone's going to stop him. I think he, he can only stop himself to get to the final. I just want to see. I I, I mean, I, if I'm pr- making like a prediction, I would also agree. I've, I, again, like I've learned not to say and, and predict that he's not going to get through. I learned that at the US Open when I said this kid has no chance with the amount of unforced air he errors he corks to win a slam and of course he went on to win that slam so now i just pick him every week and he loses every week and i'm fine with that because it's proving my initial point um but i do think i mean he should smoke dimitrov especially on a medium slow court like he should smoke gregor runa i want to see that price i think he beats him more often than not but if you're getting like a plus 250 on runa his serve and his pop is there now he's got the returning ability Yes, the the fatigue could potentially be an issue, but at the same time, like he hits fewer unforced than Alcaraz. Like I don't know, I could genuinely make a case that he could beat uh, Carlos Alcaraz head to head on a medium slow court, especially the way he's serving right now. It could help neutralize that insane return game of Carlitos. But just to again hedge against looking like a jackass with Carlos, I always just I'll say he'll, he'll go to the final. Yeah, I mean, again, I I think staying in those Runa Flames has been uh, a, a pretty good way to play for the last few weeks. I keep wanting to fade him, and he keeps uh, not uh, not being fadeable. So, but I I do. Gosh, the unforced errors thing, man, that really is like. I'm sticking with the number one player in the world. I I think. I mean, when he was in peak form, which I think he's rounding into to better form, he was literally unstoppable this year. I mean, he beat N- Nadal and Novak back to back in a tournament where he was playing well. 
So uh, I'm going to give, I'm going I'm to ride with my boy Alcaraz here into the final, but I have him in the semis against uh, Tiafo, as we mentioned. All right. Well, let's look at the bottom half here. What do you guys, who, what do you guys, uh, before we move on, any other, any FAA Alcaraz semi finalist backers here? I'm going to say that FAA does beat Tiafo or ADM if Simone doesn't just ride the back of France's entire army. <laughs> all the way to the freaking semis. But um, no, I got to say Felix is just going to keep rolling along, but eventually lose to Carlos in the semis. Can we call it a French army? Because there's no surrender in, in that crowd. <laughs> no, yeah, I take that back. Can you redact that? <laughs> the crowd is awesome, though. I love, I actually love French crowds. And I, I know, did I say this earlier? I, I feel like France is like one of the few countries where like the player feeding off the home crowd actually does spur him on to a win. Uh, Absolutely. Gaston, I think uh, has done that a couple times in recent memory and Simone today. French Open and Paris. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. The bottom half, I think we probably all uh, have Novak uh, reaching the final here. Anyone, (laughs) anyone with any hot takes? I mean, Rude versus uh, Djokovic. uh, If it's five, I'll I'll take the five. I, I think Novak Djokovic is going to smoke Rude. Uh, in this next match, uh, mainly because I feel like Rude, for whatever reason, he just he gets smoked by those guys. I mean, the the French Open very smokable, not not even remotely competitive. <laughs> so he is smokable, not very smokable. What 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 what? How many games would it take for you to to bag a Rude against Novak, John? I mean, six three six four is a singular break depending on service order right service order is so important in the men's game because in the women's game that extra break you don't need that great of a price to to lay it in the men's game you do like six three six four as a push on a plus five again if novak serves first in either set that's a singular break win if he you know barring he he breaks like four all or after rude has his four holds i mean i'd want that half game you're not going to get five and a half rude's a top 10 player you're just not going to get the five and a half. I would need the five and a half uh, to do it, though. So it's Mutet versus Nori still to play today. I I'm all over Nori on that one. I just again this now I'm walking into the French dungeon <laughs> <laughs> where people are going to be literally having sex in the stands during this guy's service games, <laughs> but to, to spur him on to win. But I just don't feel like I feel like it, it's been a minute since COVID for Nori. I think he's probably back in better shape and. I don't really think that Mutet has a uh, the typical game that I like to to fade Nori with, I, and then I hope he does because I want to see Sitsipas Nori, and I want to play Sitsipas versus Nori because I think we're going to get a pretty good price on that because mm-hmm. uh, Nori beat him in Acapulco, um, and I think Steph is going to finally beat the doors off this guy. And I want to, I want to go. With, I actually looked this up earlier today because I was like, man, I love, I love Sitsi Pass in these exact conditions, except against one guy, and that's Novak Djokovic. And I wrote that up for the Astana final for the Action Arc. I was like, man, he is legitimately for medium slow indoor conditions, one of the best players in the world. He can't be rushed. He's developed a block return on the one handed backhand. He's got a huge serve to hit through it. He's athletic. He can come to net. Like he's got all the tools. The problem is Djokovic can smoke him and he can find the passing shots when he comes to net and he can, t- and he's got the way sturdier backhand and he's got just his, his service improved with Ivanisevic or what he was with Ivanisevic in the past few years. Like he's just the nightmare matchup and that's the semi. But when you take a look at lefties that uh, since he has played since the start of 2020 on a hard court, the ones that have beaten him outside of that one with Nori, that was the exception. The rest were Jack Draper. Ugo Umber did it a few times. 
Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on another one. But if if you look at the 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 style of play, it's a massive server that can go cross court when he's serving into that or serve wide on the ad side, serve down the tee on the do side, and take advantage of that one handed backhand. Guys like Nori and Mute, those are guys that he generally beats, and he beats them badly. Like he crushed ARV at the U.S. Open, and he crushed another soft-serving lefty at the U.S. Open. I looked this up a few hours ago, but on Tennis Abstract, you can filter all this stuff in against lefties who can't really take advantage with pace of that cross-court forehand-to-backhand rally. He absolutely crushes them. And so, I'm like you said, I'm hoping for Nori here as well. If you get Nori in there, you're going to get a much cheaper price on Pass than if you have Mute there. Yeah, I actually have Steph to, to play Novak in, in the semis. No, I'm with you on that. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I feel like we've kind of said it all. I mean, I, I think Novak's going to win this thing. I don't foresee anyone beating him. Anyone have any hot takers? <laughs> I, I can't yeah. say anything against that. What it's you, not a John? hot take on who's going to win. It's just a hot take on the fact that the tennis world needs Novak Djokovic to put Carlos Alcaraz in his place because the kid is insanely talented. There's no denying that. It's not even a hot take. To say he's not. It's a stupid take. But he has holes in his game that need to be exploited, and he needs to be put in his place, and there's only one man to do it, and his name is Novak Djokovic. Plus, he's kind of the, the heel of the tennis world, and Carlos is the darling, and I'm kind of an asshole. So, like, I'm also <laughs> cheering for the most amount of people who pissed off, right? And that's the best way to do it, Djokovic over Carlos. Carlos. Well, it would be great to get that. Well, one, it would be great to get Alcaraz Runa, and then it would also be great to get Alcaraz Djokovic, especially when we can get a, a rematch uh, in about 10 days. Yeah. P- pretty sweet. Pretty sweet, uh, you know, we're at the end of the season, but a lot of pretty awesome um, action left, both on the gaming sites and, and on the court. So, all right, guys, we've said it all. Follow us at uh, MP9 Tennis. Uh, give us a subscribe if you if you like what you heard. Uh, I feel like there was um, some good analysis and some laughs along the way. Why wouldn't you come back? Until next time, see you on the court.